Hi, this is Craig, and thank you so much for tuning in and hearing another episode of God's Messages and teaching us how to live the Christian life. And just like all the other ones, he is going to challenge us, but he's also going to encourage us. He is going to show us how we can overcome the enemy's attacks and his persuasions that he places on us each day. But before we get all into this, I want to ask you and share with you all about fear. You know that we live in a world that's plagued by fear. It's the fear of death, the fear of disease, fear of financial calamity. Yet, but the great fears that pervade and paralyze us, that there is often an absence of the fear that we really must have. The Bible declares the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Jesus further says, Do not fear them that can destroy the body, but fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hellfire. Now, without question or qualification, we must learn to have a holy terror before the holy judge of all men. Yet, fear that is not godly in its source, it, it, can, it can cripple you mentally and socially, physically, spiritually. Mark Twain once said, I have experienced many terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. Fear over sickness will cause other physical problems, ulcers, anxiety attacks. Fear of death can deplete the joy of life from you. And the Bible says, fear not. But the fearful respond with, why not? Why should I not fear when there is so much trouble around me? Now, what happens on the outside, you know, your behavior and how you act, is it's all being driven by what's happening on your insides. Now, in other episodes, we've talked about anger and anxiety and other things. And since we spent so much time on those, I want to focus on this thing called fear. Now, recently, I heard something that I thought was profound. When it comes to anxiety or any of the other things that we take upon ourselves, the question is never, what's wrong with you? The question is, what's going on with you? What's going on inside of you? That's the question. And finding life that we all are looking for, it requires us to approach this stuff that we deal with from the inside out. Now, at this point during the recording, I had no idea that the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, would still be an issue in our world today. Recently, I heard from some of America's famous administration doctor that we need to be prepared for another variant outbreak. And if that happens, he says that fears we may be in store for another lockdown. But then just recently I heard, he says the opposite, that America needs to decide what's best for them in this coronavirus pandemic and what's best with their family. Another waffling comment from Washington, D.C. 
Now, I have been reading a number of other articles from a couple of doctors this, this past few months here this spring, and I think it brings a much-needed perspective. So listen to what these guys are saying. And they say, so we've been calling this virus a pandemic. In other words, it's a disease that spreads over a large part of the world. Yes, that's true. But it seems to me that there is an even greater pandemic that is actually spreading faster than this coronavirus can or it ever will. They go on to say, all of our care, our cautions, our concerns, all of our preparation, yeah, that's a good thing, but care, caution, concern, preparation, and the isolations doesn't really address the greater pandemic. Our own fear. And that leads to the title of today's message, Plagued by Fear. So what, what is the real solution for all of this fear that seems to be alive and, and, and so well? And it's just living below the surface in most of us. What's the solution to that? Well, today, I want to begin in Exodus. In chapter 14, and I'm going to give you a quick overview of that before we really begin. Here, we find God's people from Israel. They had been slaves in Egypt for well over 400 years. And Moses, he cries out to God. So God brings plagues. Pharaoh finally decides to let people go. God's people go. And shortly after they leave Egypt, Pharaoh gets really angry with what he did and how he caved in. And he changes his mind. He decides to go after them and get them back. So buckle up, because here we go. Exodus chapter 14, and I'm going to begin in verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Verse 16 here, Raise your staff. And stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Okay, let's pause here for a moment. I want to make sure that we get this. God's people have made it all the way to the Red Sea. So there it is, the sea on one side. Pharaoh's army closing in quickly on the other side. In other words, they're trapped. There's no way out. And how do they respond? One word. Fear. They're terrified. They start ripping on Moses, their leader. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Now, I find it's interesting here that their minds so quickly return to Egypt 
but not to the last thing that happened before they were released as slaves in Egypt. And what was that? What happened right there? God showed up. He showed up with this little thing called Passover. See, God killed the firstborn son of every household in Egypt, but he saved them and their families and released them from slavery. Here it is again. All God has done for you often gets lost in what he is not currently doing. So in the midst of the fear that you might be battling today, whatever it is, whatever the sources of that fear, I think it would serve you really well to start with this question. Whose power and strength am I really leaning into? I don't know how you're going to answer that, so let me go ahead and answer it for myself. My own. That's the answer. I've come a long way in my journey with God on this issue, but if I'm honest, more often than not, that is my first initial response. My default position, so to say. My default position has been to lean into my own strength. I'm sad to say. How about you? Moses here tells the people to be still. Do nothing. God will fight for them. Now, if you think about it, that seems to contradict what the Bible says, doesn't it? I mean, the Bible says that God helps those who help themselves. Actually, it doesn't say that exactly. So, what's the takeaway here? When we are facing fear, we just kick back, sit still, do nothing, and let God deal with it. Right? You know, they do anything. I am being a little facetious here. Am I telling you that in light of all this recent scare with COVID-19, you shouldn't be violent any more toilet paper? Ah, don't be hoarding it. No, I'm not done yet. No, of course not. More importantly, I'm telling you that in a moment of fear like this, when you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, between the sea and the enemy bearing down on you, and you have nowhere to turn, you should pause. Ask yourself this question. Whose power and strength am I really leaning into right now? Whose is it? Okay. All right. Let's jump back to the story and we'll continue over here in verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and he turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, just as he said, with a wall of water on the right and another wall of water on their left. Then the Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them down into the sea on this dry ground. Question. Aren't there easier and quicker ways for God to deal with the problem here? Sure there is. I mean... God, he could just drop down a fireball from the sky and vaporize Pharaoh and his entire army, couldn't he? In just one second, that entire problem goes away. Poof! Just like that. But while God's way of walking through the sea with the water rays on each side would be a spectacular view, no doubt, I don't think that's what any of the Israelites, or for that matter, any of us might choose. What we really want is that 
We want whatever it is that is scaring us to be totally and completely gone, period. But here's the thing. God is after something deeper here. My second question today, as we stare down the fear in our lives, is this. Am I thinking short-term in a small story, so to say? See, if you really think about it, I am really able to think about it in the midst of my fear is what? That mountain, that's all I can see. That challenge that just stares me in the face. Or the problem that just is right in front, surrounds me. And as I live in the story that really revolves around who? It revolves around me, of course. So what are you most afraid of as you are listening today? Could it be Corona? And no, not the coronavirus, the coronavirus. I doubt it's either one of them. It's most likely something else. Something that hits closer to home for you today. And some of us are afraid of where our marriage is headed. Some of us are afraid of other relationships. Maybe it's our jobs, our incomes, our security, our futures. How about the path our kids are traveling? And there's just so many other things to list and so many other experiences we're going through. Well, we don't have time to list, list them all, obviously, but you know what I mean. There are more that can be listed here. But I am sure you will agree there are all kinds of answers to those questions here, aren't there? And in the midst of the fear, the enemy is the master of keeping our stories small and keeping us thinking short term. Let's go back to this particular moment with the people of Israel as they walked through the sea with the water raised so high on both sides. It was so intimidating for them. Question here. What does God's way of dealing with the challenge they're facing and the fear that comes with that require their way wouldn't have? Answer. It requires them to trust God every step of the way. God's response doesn't eliminate the source of their fear. Instead, he requires them to walk into it and walk through it. And what do they have to lean into as they do that? Answer. Him. God Almighty. That's what we want to lean into. Are you hearing this? God is there. He cares for you. You are never alone. And here is where we often get hung up. Our focus tends to be on what God is doing for us. His focus is on what he is doing in us. Let me say that again. Our focus is on what God is doing for us. But his focus is always on what he is doing in us. Now, God, by allowing this to be harder in the short term, he is building a resiliency and a, and a strength in the face of fear that will serve you for the long term. Let me go back to the story here and finish up with that. So God opens up a way for his people, but the truth is that Pharaoh's army, the source of their fear, he is still there. He's still bearing down. He's gaining ground on them. Let's pick this up in verse 26. Then the Lord says to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and the horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea again, and at daybreak 
The sea went back into its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them out into the sea. The water flowed back, and it covered the chariots and the horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites on dry ground into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites, who had went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left, that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shores. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of God displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. So finally, when the source of all the fear is gone, they what? They put their trust in God. That's great. Doesn't that sound familiar, though? Well, sure it does to me. Think about the story. These people have been carrying this escalating fear since the very first time they spotted Pharaoh and his army pursuing them. When he was way off in the distance, you could barely see him on the horizon. But they could hear those chariots and they could hear those horses. They knew who it was. They were absolutely terrified about something that never really touches them or affects them. It never even becomes a reality at all for them. Isn't that true? Isn't that really the story of for so many moments in our lives too? We say that courage is not the absence of fear, but action in the midst of fear. Courage is, I refuse to allow my fear to paralyze me. And courage is a good thing. It's a great thing. Yes, well, that is true as we stir down our fears. Here's what we need most. Here's our challenge. Muscles that never get exercised, worked out, or broken down, they never get stronger. We know that. Now, let's be honest, though. Faith day is a lot like a leg day at the gym. Most of us would prefer to skip the leg day. Yeah, that's a lot of extra work. It's a big muscle you got to break down and use. I've said it before, what most of us are really looking for and prefer is a faith that doesn't require much faith. God tells us without faith it is impossible to please him. Now think about that phrase. If that's true, the kindest thing that he could actually do for us is walk us through the things that actually help us exercise our faith and to build our faith. There is a song I came across and it's called Do It Again God. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there is no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. Isn't that so great when that actually happens? Yeah, yeah, of course it is, Craig, yeah. I pray that this thing that has me totally, completely freaked out and scared is just gone, just, just gone. Here's another question. What about when that doesn't actually happen? That's where faith comes in, doesn't it? You see, faith is not the removal of or the absence of mountains in our life. Faith is my response when this thing that makes me anxious or makes me angry, that scares the living you-know-what out of me, that I want and need to move in my life to go away. I just want it to go away. But it doesn't move. It doesn't change at all. So what do you do with that? The truth in all of our lives 
is that sometimes God doesn't remove it, but he always provides a way to get us around it, over it, or through it. You see, courage is whatever life throws at you. You've got this. Faith is whatever life throws at you. God's got you. And that is so much better. We see it up close and personal in the life of Jesus. He knew that life on this earth would lead him to the cross. But as he sits there on the eve of that happening in the Garden of Gethsemane, fear comes over him. He has walked past many people dying on Roman crosses alongside the road during his life. It is a brutal and it is a terrifying way to die. And in his fear, he cries out to his father, Father! Can we change the plan? But he doesn't stop there. What does he say next? Even if you don't change the plan, Father, I'm good. You will not, your will will not, your will, not my will be done. Sorry about that. I should know that phrase. Your will, not my will be done. Either way, I'm all in. And in the midst of my fear, I lean into you. I trust you, and I'm okay. It is well with me. Psalm 46 says this, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. A.W. Tozer said, A scared world needs a fearless church. Go out there. Love others, help others, care for them, take care of them, and encourage all the vulnerable and scared people out there around you each day. So my friend, closing with this, let's be that fearless church and know that God is taking care of us every step of the way. Blessings to you. Thank you for tuning in. And may God provide you with all that you are looking for and helping you overcome those fears that you may have. Amen.